Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Now this is a review of last week. We gave five points last week, and we have 11 things I might cover this week. And so I'll put it up here, um, and, and you can, even if I don't cover it, it doesn't matter because you have it, and you can do it yourself you and the Holy Spirit, and it'll be great. It'll be great. One of those things I said at tough times could last a long time that I went over last week. This is, it came from the Liberty Champion, I think it's their magazine, and they had a, a lady by name, a young lady by name of Bethany Hamilton. Anybody know her, Bethany Hamilton? She's, uh, I guess, uh, it was a movie based on her life, she only has one arm, you know, and um, uh, she still surfs. I think she's a professional surfer. So uh, she's going through that. Someone else told me, I think it was Jack Van Gerp, I think it was you, Jack, told me about a, someone in a, uh, they, somewhere in NASCAR or something like that. It's a person who is very handicapped, but they're very smart, and, and they, they really do a great job at NASCAR. It's, it's so many, so many uh, people who are going through things, and it's, it, there are things they are going through, and they're going to go through it for, for until they get their new bodies. I was listening to a report. It was, a, a, I guess, a highlights about a young man. I don't think he has any arms or any legs, and he's an evangelist, he goes all over the world. They, let, they allow him to come into nations that normally wouldn't allow Christianity to come in, uh, to, to give a motivational talk about, to, their, to their nation about the goodness of God and what God has brought him through and what he's done in his life. And that's, that, that is unreal. That's unreal. But, of course, he had to overcome. He had to go through his situation and still have the joy of the Lord, which would be his strength. So we are, the things that we do go through, know that they are things that other people go through, and other people go through things as worse. Some go through things not as bad as we go through, but everybody goes through something. We've we've gone through Job chapter 1, verse 1, and we end it, let's go there, in chapter, really 29, when they're uh, 29, 28, we're into there. And 29, basically, Job tells about his life. He tells about all the things that uh, he has done. Then he talks in verse uh, chapter 30 and chapter 31 about um, uh, other things he's done, like in, in 31. It says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. I will not gaze on a virgin. And he says that uh, he, he just tells all the things that, that he said in verse 16, if I have kept the poor from, my desire, from their desire or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail or have eaten my morsel alone or the orphan has not shared it. In other words, he's saying that I have done the things God you've asked me to do. I've done all these things. So he wants God to answer him. And the, we end up with the speeches of Eliphaz and, and Bildad and Zophar. We ended their speeches. And remember, Zophar didn't have anything to say in the third speech. So everything is quiet. It's back quiet. But in chapter 32, let's go there. Elihu speaks. And in chapter 32, he starts telling about Job's self-righteousness, and he's angry with also his three friends because they, couldn't have, they, they didn't find an answer to Job. Chapter 33, verse 8. Surely you have spoken in my hearing, and have heard 
the sound of your words. I have heard the sound of your words. I am pure without transgression. I am innocent and there is no guilt in me. Behold, he prevents, invents pretexts against me. He counts me as his enemy. He puts my feet in stocks. He watches all my paths. Behold, let me tell you, you are not right in this, for God is greater than man. He's, he started off telling, just repeating what Job has said. And then he says, no, 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 Job, you are wrong. You're wrong in what you're saying. God is greater than man. Why do you complain against him that he does not give an account of all his doings? In other words, why why are you complaining? God doesn't have to give account to you, Job. Who are you? You think God has to give account to you? Then he says that, indeed, God speaks once, twice, yet no, no one notices it. In a dream, in a vision, at the night. When sound sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep him from pride. Now, the first thing that Elihu says is that God speaks Job in a lot of different ways. Now, we know also God speaks in circumstances. And he says, he speaks in a dream, he speaks in a vision. And now he's doing that to, to do one thing, a couple of things. Turn man from his conduct. Also, to turn man back from his pride. Verse 18, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing into Sheol. Verse 19, man is also chastened. So he's also chastened. No, on your sheet, that's probably number three. Number four on your sheet. With pain on his bed, with unceasing complaint in his bones, so that his life does, his life loaves bread and his soul favors food. His flesh wastes away from sight. Then his soul draws, verse 22, near the pit and his life to those who bring death. Now, what he's saying is that Job, God, God, he speaks, and he's trying to help people. He's trying to help men. He's trying to help men in their conduct. He's trying to help men because men have pride. He's trying to help us. He'll chasten us. He'll do that too. But it's not Job to punish you. It's not that. Let's look at verse uh, 30, 29 there. Behold, God does all these oftentimes with men to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be enlightened with the light of life. How many people sometimes, they had to hit the bottom before they can cry out for help to God. So he's saying that. He says, Job, no, 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 no. God is not unjust. God is not uh, doing this. And his friends, now look, look, your friends, you, you got to understand this now. Job is not, he's just going through these things just because he's sinned or something like that. No, 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 no. You think it's only one thing. No, it's many things that God is trying to do. Let's look just for a minute. Hold your place right there. In Psalm 119.71. Now, in that place, it tells us that we'll really confirm that also. It says, it is good for me that I was afflicted. Why would somebody say it's good that I was afflicted? That I may learn your statures. That I may learn, in other words, your laws, your pre... I want to learn your word, Lord. I want to learn what you're saying here. And if, if... it was good that you afflicted me. Because if you didn't afflict me, I, I wouldn't have learned it. God does these things, Elijah says. In his sec- second speech in chapter 34, verse 5, he said, For Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my right. 
Should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. This is what Job says. For he says, for it, it, it profits man nothing when he pleases the Lord. Now, now Jesus said, I always does that to please the Lord. Job saying, he's saying it profits you nothing, nothing if you please the Lord. Why is Job saying that? Because he's saying that I know I'm righteous. I know I haven't done anything. I've already run through a panorama of my life. I mean, I've fed the, the widows, the orphans. I've done everything. Nobody has, has gone without clothing from my sheep. My door's always open to the, to the uh, person, the traveler. I have done what I know God wants me to do. So therefore, it must not profit me anything or anybody anything if they please God. That's what he's saying. Hmm. Wow. Verse 10. Therefore, listen to me, you men of understanding. Forbid from God to do wickedness and from the Almighty to do wrong. For he pays a man according to his work and, and makes him find it according to his ways. And on your sheet, probably is number five. Basically, he's saying that, that, you know, but really, everybody is going to be rewarded according to the deeds, basically what they do. And we know that, that on that day, we're going to have to answer for everything we've done in this body. Everything we've said, every idle word we've spoken, we're going to have to give answer for it. We know that. So Elihu is just saying all these things here. In verse 19 of 34, he says, God doesn't show partiality to princes, nor regards the rich above the poor, for they are all work of his hands. In chapter 35, he says, For you say, what advantage will it be to you? What profit shall I have more than if I had sinned? I mean, I should, have, I should have been sinning. I mean, there's no profit in, in doing what's right. There's no profit in doing what's wrong. I could have gone on. I could have sinned. Verse 4. I will answer you and your friends with you. You know, have you ever thought that he's saying your friends? He must not be Joe's friend. What do you think? He's saying your friend. And when it started off, you remember in chapter uh, 2, it said that Joe's three friends. Well, we know that Eliphaz, we know that Bildad, we know that Zophar. Those are three. Well, who is this person? Is he a friend? No, well, he must not be a friend. What is he? Then he says, if you have sinned, what do you accomplish against him? If, and if your transgressions are many, what do you do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness is for a man like yourself, and your righteousness is for the son of man. In other words, it's not going to profit God. I mean, he's not going, it's not going to help him be more of God if you are righteous. It's not going to help him if you are wicked. It's not going to help him. He is God. He's complete. He doesn't need us. So he said, it's for you. It's for me. It's for mankind. That's what it's for. Verse, chapter 36. On your your sheet is probably number 6, verse 24. But this starts really what I I will review at the end as number 1. Because I want to hear what God says. That's what I want to hear. Even though God doesn't say anything about Elihu, I want to hear what God says. Verse 24 of chapter 36, it says, Remember that you should exalt his work. This begins a dissertation on the greatness of God. That's what it begins. When when Elihu finishes, God picks it up. He picks it right on up. It doesn't meet a beat. He doesn't miss a beat. 
He said, all men have seen it. Behold, all from afar. Behold, God is exalted and we do not know him. The number of his years are unsearchable. And for he draws up the drops of water, which the clouds pour down. They drip upon man abundantly. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thunder of the pavilion? In chapter 37, he says, verse 9 says, Out of the south comes a storm, out of the north the cold. From the, from the breath of God, ice is made, and the expanse of the waters is frozen. And he just goes on and on, on and on. Verse 14, listen to this, O Job, stand and consider the wonders of God. Do you know how God establishing them? He, he, do you know that, Job? And makes the lightning his clouds to shine. Do you know about the layers of the thick clouds, the wonders of the perfect knowledge and perfect knowledge? Who, in, who you whose garments are hot when the land is still because of the south wind? Can you with him spread out the skies, O Job? In chapter 38, God speaks. God speaks. And I, I like to term all these from, from 36, when Elihu started talking about the greatness of God, and God picks it up here. I like, to, I like to think of it as, you remember I gave the first thing, I gave the first point, the first key to overcoming fear. I said that you need to know the greatness of your God. Now, now, that was uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 33. And, and basically it says, oh, the depth uh, of, the, uh, of the riches. Oh, the depth of the riches. And, and if you look up depth, uh, it will mean, oh, how uh, eternal, eternal are the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his ways. Uh, his judgments, rather, and his ways are past finding out. Unsearchable, his ways. They're unsearchable. You can't search them out. His ways are past finding out. Past finding out. When it gets to finding out, he, his ways go past finding out. There's no way to find out his ways. This is the greatness of our God. All creation speaks of the glory of God. Everybody's, no one's going to be uh, I have an excuse when we stand before God. I don't care if you, you, they didn't have, nobody had a Bible written in your language. Because if the end comes and if somebody said, ho, oh, it didn't get to me because we had a, a language that nobody interpreted. Nobody, we didn't have a written language. I don't care. But the word of God says you're going to be without excuse. Because all creation speaks of the glory of God. All of creation. That's what it says. So he says here, he answers Job out of the whirlwind. Has God ever spoke to you out of, out of a wind, a storm? He spoke to him out of the whirlwind. It means, whoo, can you imagine? Woo. Everybody, you know, man, you see, man, his friends probably grabbing the coat, you know, trying to hold on to things, you know, and then God speaks. Then he says, the first thing he says, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now, do, do you think he's saying, Job, man, everything you said is right on time, bro. Is he saying that? No. Uh-uh. Who is this that darkens counsel? Words without knowledge. He's answering Job. Now, what we want to do is say, hot dog, God is ready to speak. Whoo, here come the whirlwind. Yes, okay, God. I want to know why, because, see, we, we're sitting, sitting looking, looking at Job, see, on video. We said, okay, God, why did you allow Satan to incite you against Job? Why did you do that? And, of course, Job wants to know. Why does a righteous man suffer? Why am I suffering? I'm righteous. I haven't done anything. Why am I suffering like this? We want to know that. So we are waiting for God to answer because he's speaking now. 
Job has said, I have done all these things correct. There is no fault. You have said, God, you have said, because I wasn't in heaven, but I heard the testimony that I was blameless, upright. Is that correct? I fear God and shun evil. But yet I'm suffering. Okay, I want an, an audience with you, an audience of one, just you. I don't want to say, I don't want nobody, you, God. Here we are. Speak, God. Tell me. So I know. That's what we're expecting too, aren't we? Don't we ask questions like that all the time, don't we? I mean, how many people that you know is not yet saved asking those questions? If God is love, why does this happen in the Philippines? And we as Christians, we'll say if God is who he said he is, God is love, God is, is so good. And we always say, how you say, God is good. And everybody say, all the time. Well, if God is good, why did he allow this person to ravish, to rape this 10-year-old girl or something? I mean, all these things happen. Why did he allow these people to, to, to traffic all these, these young kids all over the world? Why, if he's so good? Why did this happen to my parents? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen? As Christians, we're asking these questions. So I, can't, I cannot serve God like that. I, you know, I'll go through the motions, but I can't, I can't get into all that stuff. You can be a fanatic if you want to. But, I mean, he hasn't shown me that he's that good. Come on, as Christians, if we're, if we're real, a lot of this goes on. So, here is God speaking. Let's see what he says. Of course, you know because you've read it. He says, verse 12, Have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place? As, as he's talking, let, let's do this. Let's act like he's talking to us. Because if we're reading it, obviously he's talking to us. Was the Bible written for Job? No, he didn't have it, right? Who do you think it's written for? Right. Yeah. Okay. The answer we will give if we I mean, if we were brave enough to open our mouth and word come out, we'll say, no, never. That it may take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. So he addresses the wicked. It is changed like clay under the seal. And they stand forth like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld, and the uplifted arm is broken. He just says so many things. I mean, I mean, so many things. He says in verse 31, Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Is that how you pronounce the thing? Pleiades? Pleiades? Those are the, the this constellations up there, you know, it's called Pleiades, group of them. Or loose the cause of Orion. Woo. Can you? Just ask no question. Can you? Can we? No. Oh, here's a quick good one. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that the abundance of the water may cover you? Can you send forth lightning that they may go and say to you, here we are, here we are. Who has put wisdom in the innermost being or given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom or tip the water jars of the heavens? 
Can you hunt the prey for the lion? Or satisfy the appetite for young lions? 39 verse 9. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Or will you spend the night at your manger? Or will he spend the night at your manger? Let's go to chapter 40. The Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Who was the fault finder? Job. He's talking to Job, isn't he? He's talking to Job. Will the fault finder, how many times have we been a fault finder? We find fault with God. The fault finder. Let him who reproves God answer it. So he's, he's, he's talking. He, he's talking. He's serious. He's serious. Okay, then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am insignificant. Wait a minute. I thought you said you were righteous, Job. I thought you said, I thought you were saying all these lofty things. I feel, now's the time, Job. Come on, come on. Now's the time. Present your case again. You got an audience now. Come on. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Once I have spoken, and I will not answer, even twice, and I will add no more. What do you think is happen to, happening to Job? Job is, God is speaking to him. God is getting his attention. And I think Job is hearing. And slowly, in, in, in the spirit of Job, the spirit man, I believe that he is beginning to be humbled here. And so God goes on. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm and said, Gird up your lawns like a man, and I will ask you and you instruct me. Will you really annul my judgment? Will you condemn me that I may be justified, that you may be justified? Pour out the overflowing of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and make him low. Can God do that? Absolutely. He can look on everyone in the world who's proud and bring them low at one time. Verse 12. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him. And tread down the wicked where they stand. Job, come on, do this. You're tough. <laughs> then he starts talking about him, chapter 41. Leviathan, and he, he talks about that. And let's pick it up in chapter 42. Let's pick it up there. Because I think we understand, don't we? I think we understand that God is God. God is Sovereign. God does what he wants to do with who he wants to do it with. He made all the animals, all the birds, all the... And he, he, he's the one who, uh, like an ostrich, I, I didn't know that the ostrich, when they lay an egg, you know, they put it in the sand and they're going off. And people crush that. He didn't give the ostrich wisdom to, to know how to protect the egg. God does all these things. Wow. Hmm. Then Job answered the Lord and said, so God is kind of finished raking him over the coals. Then he says, I know that you can do all things. Oh, you know he can do all that? I know that. And that no purpose 
of yours can be thwarted. No purpose, no, no, no purpose, none whatsoever. Who is this that has counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I declare that which I did not understand, the things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. So he's admitting now that I don't know stuff. And, and you ask the question, who is this that has counsel without knowledge? Is it me? I, I, I want to declare it. That which I did not understand. I don't want to say things that I didn't know about. Here now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you instruct me. Yeah, you said that, God. And I say, I have heard you. I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now, my eye sees you. You know, we could, we could, we could say that even today. We, we could say, God, we sing about you. Words, so wonderful words. God is good and all these type of things. Wonderful songs about you, but God, now we see you. We see you. There's a difference between hearing you and hearing about you and knowing about you and really God, I see. I see now. I see. All the things that I didn't see and I was declaring to you without knowledge, without understanding, all these things I was saying before you, you, you showed me who you are, God, I retract those things. That's verse 6. Therefore, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. That's where Job has come to. How long is it going to take us to come to that point? That we say, God, I put my hand over my mouth when, I see, when things I don't understand, things I don't know. I just don't know God. I'm not, going, I'm not going to contend with you. I'm not going to do all this. God, you are God. You are the sovereign God. Everything you do is right and good. And we have to know that. If we, if he's, if he's shown himself like he's shown to Job and he's shown us more. We see all the, all the, all the, all the stars. We see all the, all those things. We know all about the constellation. We know all those th- things like that. We know those things, but he's saying, I repent. I'm going to humble myself before you. I believe God is after humility. Now, we have to ask ourselves a question. Did God ever answer Job? Did God ever answer Job? Job wanted to know why is the righteous suffering? Why is this and why is this and why? Did he really answer him? I bet you if he'd asked Job, Job, do you still want to know? No, no, God. No, no, no. I don't need to know anything, God. Because... Whatever my situation is, God, you're in total control. You know all things, God. He's, he has already said it. You know all things. And, 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 and you, you do all these type of things. You put all these uh, things together. I don't care whether the, 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 the Leviathan is a crocodile. I don't care whether it's a hippopotamus. I don't care what the thing is. All I know is God did it, right? God put all the animals together. He made all of them the way they, they are. And, and I said, wow, God is good. So, therefore, I know that. Then he says in verse 7, It came about after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Timonite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends. Why, God? Because you have not spoken of me what is right. As my servant Job has. Wait a minute. You just said, who is this that darkens counsel <laughs> words without knowledge? Wait a minute now. You, now you're saying, why do you think he said that? Do you know that sometimes God knows 
what you know. He also knows what you don't know. He also knows that he's trying to conform you and get you to a better place. And so in order to get you to a better place, sometimes he has to do things the way he wants to do them with you. Because he doesn't have, I don't believe God had Job, just Job under the microscope, under the magnifying glass, for Job's sake only. I believe he had us in mind and those who are coming after us in mind too. Because this is a lesson he's teaching us. You remember all of the Old Testament, all of what happened to Israel, he said it's for our example. In Corinthians, he said it's for our example. So God is, is, is teaching. So God has all the foreknowledge, the wisdom to know what he's going to do all these number of years, way beforehand, and he's, he's going to use Job for this. And he says, okay, Job, you have this limited knowledge, but that's okay. You operate on what you do know, because I do know that you are you operating all, you mean, to the utmost. Job is going all around those boundaries that God that he knows about God. He, he's, he's, he's pushing those boundaries as much as he possibly can, but he just doesn't know a lot. And I believe that God says that, okay, what you said, like my Job said, my Job, he, he said was right, but you didn't. Ooh. Ooh. See, they weren't under the microscope. They weren't, <laughs> they didn't have sores and boils all over them. They, 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 their, their children weren't killed. They didn't lose anything. Then it says, Now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant, says my servant again, Job, and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves, for yourselves, and my servant. There's a third time. And my servant will pray for you. Wait a minute. God, we just finished wrecking Job over the coals. We're just telling Job how, how he's this, he's not this, and all this. That. God is going to get humility out of all of us. He's going to get it out of Job. He's going to get it out of the three friends. He's going to get it out of us. Now, how long is it going to take? How much is it going to take? See, I believe that's... that's humiliating to those three friends after all the things they've said to Job. And here God tells them that you better go and offer sacrifice and you are going to allow Job to pray for you. Because he says, for I will accept him so that I may not do with you according to your folly. Don't let me, don't let me deal with you according to your folly now. So you better go get the sacrifice and you let my son, let my servant Job pray for you. And I'll have mercy on you. Do you think they went prancing? No. I think they went, you know, my goodness gracious, throwing dust up and tearing the robes and everything else, you know. But God means for us to learn from it. So Eliphaz, the Timonite, Bildad, the Shuhite, Zophar, and Naamathite, went and did as the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job. And the Lord accepted Job. He accepted his prayer. Now, it's not finished because God wants to find out from all of us are you truly humble? Are you truly humble? Are you just acting like you're humble? You know, we can act like we're humble, but be not humble. You know, you know because we got this religious oscillator about us, you know, we can act like we're humble. The Pharisees act like they were humble, but they weren't humble because he's looking for a heart of humility. Do you know that 
what we might have done, our three friends came to us and say, they're shuffling their feet, you know, their head down. Hey, I've uh, got these animals, and God says that we're going to sacrifice, burn offering, and you pray for us. What are we going to say, Richard? What? I'm not going to. What? After you did what you did, what you said to me? All this pride you are saying, and you want me to pray for you? Pray for yourself. You're tough. Come on. We probably wouldn't do that because we're, 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 we're spiritual, right? We're spiritual. I know what, I know what, what, what we'll say because we're very spiritual. We'll say, well, what's, the, what's these, these five spiritual words that we normally say? Uh, hey, uh, will you do this right here? I will pray about it. Don't we say that a lot? I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. Don't we say it a lot of times? I'll pray about it. And, and, and it, you, you know, what, what are you going to say when somebody says out there, pray about it? Oh, you're not going to pray about it. You just don't want to do it. You, know? you can't say that because you, you know that you, you want people to pray about it. But see, Job could have said that, couldn't he? He said, Okay, I'll pray about it. Come back. Hey, don't call me. I'll call you. I'll pray about it. That would have been spiritual. If Job would have done that, Job would still have boys on him. He would. He'll still have boys on him. Because true humility is that you are going to have humility for somebody else. You don't think more of yourself than you think of somebody else. That's true humility. See, pride says that, no, I'm not going to pray for you because you did this. You think you something. You think you got your uh, head up in the air. You got your nose turned up. I hope it rains and you drown. So, therefore, you know, nope, I'm not going to pray for you. But, see, God is telling us if you don't forgive others, that's what the word says now, doesn't it? You are not going to be forgiven. That's what it says. But yet we'll hold something against somebody for years. Come on now. Come on. God, once Job did what he said, because he, he accepted Job, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. When, when now? When, when he prayed for his friend. Not before, not before, when he prayed for his friends. His friends. God said, his friends. See, your, your friends, they mean well. They just didn't have right knowledge. They thought they did, but they didn't. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Then... Then, not before, all his brothers and his sisters, we didn't know he had brothers and sisters, and all he had known, all who had known him before came to him, and they ate bread with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversities that the Lord had brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of money, and each a ring of gold. <laughs> would, would you have invited your brothers and sisters to, the, to your Thanksgiving table? After they had, uh, they didn't want nothing to do with you after you lost everything. All your camera's gone, all your donkey's gone, everything gone. It said, then all his brothers and sisters came. They were nowhere to be found beforehand. Oh, my goodness gracious. God is teaching us something. Because I think it's, it's sometimes it's people that we won't even invite to our house because we, 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 because we just don't like them anymore. Because they did this. They said that. Or we said, man, I got to go to this, this relative's house. I got to go over here. My goodness gracious, man. I'm going to fake it. I'll fake it till I make it. My goodness gracious, I shouldn't have done want to be there. Uh, 
We do that, don't we? The in-laws, the outlaws, you know, everybody. Verse 12, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. So when he had, of course, he increased everything twofold, all his possessions as far as his sheep. He had 7,000, now he got 14,000. He had 3,000 camels, now he has 6,000. 500 yoke of oxen, he has 1,000 yoke. 1,000 female donkeys, because he had 500. Now, he had seven sons and, seven, and three daughters. He had that before, didn't he? He didn't double them. But look what he did do. It's interesting here. I thought this was really cool. He didn't name not one son. He didn't say not one thing about any one of those sons. Before, he talked about his, the son's day and how the the, the brothers would invite the sisters, their sisters, to their day. So the sisters didn't have nothing. Huh? They, they would depend upon the brothers for everything. Now, Job says, he, he's so humble. He is so, he said, look, I am, I am tired of all this tradition of things here. Because you have to know it's a tradition that the women, the girls, they don't receive an inheritance. Even in the law, when the, when the law came, the law of Moses came, it was the same way except the daughter said, hey, we don't have any, we don't have any brothers. We want, how about giving us the inheritance? And so the man of God asked God, and God said, okay, give him the inheritance. So in the law, the daughters were granted the inheritance if the, they had no sons. But here is no law. This is before Moses. It says here that they gave them an inheritance among the brothers. That means they had houses because the brothers are the only one had houses. They had houses now. And he named them. In 14 it says he named the first Jemal. He named the second Keziah. He named the third one, Karen Hakpu. And he, in all the land, there were no women found as fair as Job. I mean, as beautiful as Job's daughters. Nowhere, nowhere. You couldn't even find anybody as beautiful as Job. He, he's just going off on these, on these three, three daughters here. And then the father gave him inheritance. I believe Job... He's ready to kick tradition out of the window because, see, Job already knew what, what bad theology will get you because, because he already knew that. Man, I thought all this long time, I thought this is the way God was. I thought this is what was. And, and God's not that way at all, man. It's, it's got, I'm not going with this tradition. Daughters, come here. You're going you gonna to get things. And, see, Job couldn't make his daughters beautiful. Huh? God did. God did. God did. God is so good. He is so good. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his grandsons four generations. And Job died, an old man full of days. And that's the end of Job. So we know that God speaks a lot of times in a lot of different ways. We know he, uh, we know because of, not because of Job, but we know because of the reading of the Bible, we know that the original sin, because sin entered the world, we know that bad things happen to good people. Because there's just sin in the world. There's just sin in the world. Because of Adam's sin, we're going to be subject to things. There was no such thing as, as sweating while you were, while you, you were working. You didn't, the ground, didn't, you didn't have to sweat. Only after, <laughs> after, the, after sin. Thorns and thistles, they didn't have no thorns and thistles before sin. Didn't have sickness before sin. So, you see, 
because of the sin of Adam, the original sin, bad things can happen to good people because we are in a sin-sick world. See, Job didn't tell you that because that wasn't God's purpose. But we know that. We know that. We know that the world system is ruled by the prince of the power of the air. We know that the, 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 the system, God allows the enemy to do that. The system. So the system is meant to harm us. Harm the Christian. To keep you from walking a Christian walk. And you know that. If you look around society, you know that. The society's not going the way of God. You know that. That's why bad things happen to good people a lot of times. Our own disobedience. Our own disobedience. Cause things to happen to us because of our own disobedience. Yeah. We know we're not supposed to do certain things, but we do it anyway. And so we do it anyway. There's consequences of doing it anyway. Yeah. And so then... Bad things happen. We know that. We also know that we do have a devil. And we know that just like we saw in Job, we know he's still doing the same thing, accusing the brothers, so we know that. We also know from Job, we know that God allows the enemy to do certain things for for God's purposes. We We know that too. We also know that God is going to discipline us as sons. Because if we, are, if, we don't, if we don't have any discipline, we're illegitimate children, it says in Hebrews. So we know that also. So we know we're going to be chastened because we're his sons and we want to be like our father. There's no child that's going to be without discipline. I, I hope. I hope in the church. There's no child without discipline. Because if you don't, you don't love them, the word of God said. If you don't discipline, you don't love them. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction will drive it out. So, you know, we, we just we know we have to discipline. All these things we know now, but Job didn't know. Sometimes, well, good things happen to bad people. And sometimes bad things happen to good people that God is allowing to happen, and he's going to turn it for us to be more like Christ. And to us, it's bad. It's a bad thing. If we get a pimple, it's bad. You know, anything is bad to us. You know. uh, I said, man. But I thank God that he know he's in control. Okay? So that's the book of Job, and those are the three um, lessons that I wanted to bring from Job. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.